0: Williamson.
1: And I'm John Eisen.
0: And Running With Problems is a podcast about the challenges we face as runners from navigating our bodies, dealing with social dynamics, and facing personal trauma.
1: Upon hearing that tagline for the second time, I still like it.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to make a adjustment comment. I'm glad you like it. I like it too.
1: Yeah, I think it's good. Um, so what's this episode about? This is Episode is about a celebration of Miranda's birthday miles.
0: And we should also mention this is the first episode of season two. Second. Second. Caitlin.
1: Caitlin kicked off season two. Oh
0: my gosh. Second episode, Miranda's
1: birthday miles. Yes. And we also spent a good chunk of time recapping the race Miranda and I ran her birthday miles in, which Mm -hmm. we did yesterday, which just closed up the Rockies Backyard Ultra.
0: Yeah, so you might notice I tried I tried to be even keel and give a lot of uh, great conversation about it, but I'm I'm still riding that high.
1: Yeah. Miranda's I really
0: am riding a high.
1: is pretty stoked.
0: <laughs> I'm really stoked today. No regret in the shower.
1: After the discussion on the race, we discuss an article in Trailrunner magazine about the connection between mental health and high altitude. Mm-hmm. And yeah, highly suggest you give that a read and think about it. I think it challenged our assumptions. Yeah. Which... In a good way. It's pretty interesting, you know? Like, we try to stay connected to some of these issues and to have an article that we chose to read for the pod, like, challenge what we thought it was going to say. I thought, really emblematic of how we are not as in touch with some of these issues as we should be. So, that was pretty interesting chat. About 20 minutes per segment on that. And, yeah, I think that's it from... For the episode summary, we don't need a check in because it's just Mandy and I.
0: Yep. So the whole thing pretty much is a check in.
1: Yeah. So all we got to do is talk about future episodes. Uh, We always want to thank Matt Beer for our great music. We got some cool future episodes coming up about uh, more adaptive running, about OTS, and uh, yeah, race directing, lots of fun issues. So if you guys have some feedback, send it to us podcast at running with run
0: or write in and ask questions for any of these guests on these topics
1: yeah any feedback or uh suggestions for what we should talk about we would love i will be starting a instagram for the pod at some point so you could just dm that <laughs> it does exist it has no posts right now you can follow running with problems <laughs> on instagram for all of the great non-content it has but maybe uh at some point we'll put some uh We'll put some posts on there. So, trying to level up our game over here at the Running with As Problems. As
0: always, with a growth mindset.
1: On episode 10. We made it to 10. Woo! It's very exciting. All right, without further Kinda ado. I like the loops we made. Oh, yeah, we did 10 loops, and this is our 10th episode. Yeah!
0: A high five! <laughs>
1: without further ado, we'll get you guys in the episode. Have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Hey Dave. How are you feeling?
0: <laughs> um, I'm feeling on cloud nine, pretty much.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the big news, let's not bury the lead here. Yeah. Birthday miles complete.
0: Yes. So, it's been a goal of mine for as long as I've been a runner to run my birthday miles. But when I first started running, um, it seemed pretty out of the realm of possibility. And as the years went on, it seemed more and more out of the realm of possibility. And then... I became an ultra runner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and now at the young age of 41, you have finally run birthday miles. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. And I honestly could not have done it without uh, John's support.
1: Yeah, we did it in a pretty unique way. So let's uh, yeah, let's give a little race recap. We signed up kind of last minute, about two weeks out for this mm-hmm. race called Rocky's Backyard Ultra. Um Aww. I suppose we should explain what a Backyard Ultra is and then how... (laughs) Please do. A Backyard Ultra is a race format invented by the genius Lazarus Lake, Gary Cantrell out of um, Tennessee. And he came up with this format. I mean, I think Laz's genius, and I guess I'm a fanboy, but I think his genius in the sport comes from finding ways for sub-elite runners to achieve that feeling of glory, glory, but also just competitiveness Mm. to the win. You know, like, like if you're, it's difficult for a racer of my fitness level to find a reason to try and win. I mean, like, or I guess there's always a reason to win, but like, I don't actually have much chance in today's ultra trail racing world. But Last has come up with these very interesting race formats where it's, it's less about speed and more about uh, essentially endurance and mental attitude. Um, so I think it's very interesting. So the backyard format uh, is a format where you race 4.167 miles every hour. And you have to start it on the hour they ring a bell and you start racing. And if you don't finish by an hour, you're out, you DNF. And the race goes until only one person completes a loop. And at that point, the race is over and that person is declared the winner. So it has an indefinite time period. As long <laughs> as there are two people racing, there are the race is still going. Yeah. So it's a very cool format. Mm-hmm. And... It allows you to basically see how far you can go on that day. Yeah. Now Rocky's backyard is a new backyard. Takes took place in Estes Park. There's there's a, I should say there are hundreds of backyards across the world now. It's a very the race format kind of exploded especially through COVID, and so yeah you find a lot of backyard ultras. So yeah, Rocky's backyard was pretty fun. Was hosted by this group called Running Wild, which I had never run with, but the race management was really great.
0: Amazing! They made it so good, and we'll talk a little bit about some of those things too. But one of those was their their playlist was so on point.
1: Playlist was good. We had a good, <laughs> we had a really good DNF song. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so everybody but one person DNFs at these races, so it's uh, DNF is not necessarily a poor result. I mean, you just want to do well for what for your goals, uh, for your body on that day, right? Like,
0: And when you DNF, they have someone there live branding a piece of wood with big DNF.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that's special to Rockies back yeah, there. Yeah, you walk over very and cool. they brand
0: your DNF piece of wood for you right then and there.
1: Yeah, my Instagram story has a good video of it. <laughs> um, right when we came in for our last loop, uh, they were playing God's Gonna Cut You Down, and so it was like ah, it was really nice it's by
0: Johnny Cash.
1: Yeah, it was like run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut, cut, cut you, you down. It, down.
0: it was so, perfect. It was, it, we were no. just about to get cut down. It was what it was our last loop that we planned, but it was also the last loop that we completed in the time frame. We were two minutes over, so it was absolutely perfect.
1: Yeah, it was just the. It was a great experience all around. So I guess let's give a quick recap of your experience and my experience to kick it off. Like initially going in, what were your goals and Uh, how did that go for you?
0: So initially going in, I wanted to run 41 miles for my 41st birthday. First time I've ever done birthday miles. Um, But I was a little hesitant about what my body could accomplish given that I had this recent ankle injury. Injury, So this format really lended itself to if this injury pops up, I have a good way to easily quit. That also was bad because I had in my mind that if anything went wrong, I was going to quit. And this race gives you every like 4.2 miles an opportunity to quit. So if you're at all thinking, like, I might quit, then you have to revisit that demon every loop.
1: Yeah, you are so connect- close to the quitting line and so close to, like, the, like, refreshing aid station that would bring you back. It's like you, uh-huh. you, you ride this edge every loop. Yeah.
0: But as a overall recap, though, um, I had a great race. I had a great time. I Eight of those 10 loops were phenomenal. I was having a good time. I really enjoyed the format um, for that particular day, that particular journey, and what our goal was. I was really having a good time. Um, as anyone does when you hit those like high miles, I did hit a low, mostly mentally, um, actually, and John really pulled me through the, that mental low and was like, you're not quitting. You're going to go. It's time to go. We still have time. Let's go.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that was like between loops eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I had already been through the ringer for a <laughs> while and I was pushing with just to try and get to the birthday miles, 10 loops. And... Miranda was sitting here completing every loop in really good time. And it was like, well, you're not quitting. You're still running well. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're going back out yeah. there. We we're, we're we came in with a goal. Let's go get it. It's not out of reach. So why would we stop? Yeah.
0: And he really did. He pulled me through. The monotony after lap eight was getting to me and just... The, like, it was dark by this point as well, getting dark. Um, That was getting to me, and I just was, like, mentally kind of wanted to quit, and John would not let me. And I, I, I mean, not in, like, even a pushy way, just like, no, it's, you know, we came here for a goal. Let's do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I have news. I, I just checked the Instagram account for Ooh, Running Wild. for the winner? And we do have a winner. So we're recording this at like 11.40. So the winner was official as of 11 a.m., so just uh, 30 minutes ago or so. Wow. So, yeah, the winner is Tim Pearl with 25 yards, which is not by – a yard is – because it's a backyard, a yard also means a lap. So just think of yard meaning loop or lap. But um, – yeah, twenty five yards is not very many for a backyard, and I think uh. that is indicative of how difficult this course is.
0: Oh yes, it's at altitude for one, like what nine thousand feet.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe eight. I mean, it's estes. It's not. Yeah, it's like eight, eight something. I don't know. And then also has four hundred and fifty feet of vert, and you have per to loop.
0: finish each loop within an hour.
1: And that's that wasn't. Super hard for us on the first loop. <laughs> no. It wasn't wasn't very hard in the second loop. Miranda didn't even have trouble with it on her eighth loop. No. But at some point, that amount of vert and altitude is, is just going to wear on people. It, it's just a little bit more challenge per loop, which means you're running a little bit more. You have a little less time to recover in between loops. So your standard backyard is maybe 100 feet of vert and... Not at altitude for most of them, and so you know there's just a little bit more wiggle room. So you often see, yeah. like for a small race, you'll see winning yards at uh, between thirty and thirty six. You know, for the big championship backyards. By the way, there's a whole championship series. You you if you win a backyard, then you get to go to the championship. Of your country. Oh, my And if gosh. you win your country's championship, you get to go to Big's Backyard Ultra, which is happening soon, right? I
0: did not even know about this. That is so cool. I do think these are very unique events. And like John said, they give a different type of runner an advantage. Like that very consistent runner is going to have an advantage in this type of race.
1: Yeah. they can strong, but they don't have to be fast. They just have to be extremely endura- endurable. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Big Dogs Backyard Ultra, which is the Backyard Ultra World Championship held in Bellbuckle, Tennessee at Lazarus Lakes Backyard, <laughs> uh, starts tomorrow. Oh. So it is happening look very soon. So yeah. So good luck to everyone out of Biggs. Um, yeah. From my experience, I mean, this was my yes. first Backyard Ultra, and I think the format would be pretty good for me but my lack of uh training today or yesterday was pretty apparent as of even just like loop four after three loop i'd done three loops pretty consistently and i was like okay this is good i can keep doing this and then i just couldn't like the legs didn't respond in the same way and i went and i slowly started chipping away into the 50 minutes like 52 minutes 53 minutes 54 minutes 55 minutes it's like you don't have much time to rest when you get in at 55 um and then I finally bounced back on one loop and got down to 53 again and but I was I was quiet. I was suffering. And that was, I was suffering early. Like, we're talking like 15 miles into this race. I was like, oh, gosh. How am I going to be able to do this? I mean, we're not even halfway to the goal. I mean, coming in, I was like, hey, I'm going to go do 10. That's minimum. Mm-hmm. And then if I feel good, I'll shoot for 24. And it was very clear, very early, that I did not feel good. <laughs> so I just tried to survive till 10 loops. And it was hard for me. Um, Like, I am not in good fitness to be able to execute this kind of thing at, you know, at a good pace. So I was not able to keep up with you for laps, like, four through eight. Yeah. But then when you needed mental stability, I was there there because I was like, well, I've been suffering for... Yeah, you're like, welcome to the club. (laughs) I've
0: been here a while.
1: (laughs) I've been in the, the hole for a while, like come on in misery loves company so yeah we suffered through one more loop just trying to get that time you know we had to be under that time limit for the ninth loop and with the tenth one we kind of let it walk in yeah but it was good like it felt good to like push through some suffering like it's been months since my last ultra and even though i'm not in good fitness so like as as far as results go like it's definitely not one of my top results ever, um, for sure. Like, but I'm proud of like suffering through some difficulty, yeah. push, pushing for a goal. Yeah. Um, for where my body was at today, yesterday, it was. I think I did great. So. Yeah. No regrets in the shower afterward. That's for sure.
0: No, I was super impressed by John's mental toughness. I did think it was. Oh, this is going to be a rough day when he started suffering early on. I felt good until like the 30s and I had to suffer through two loops, but I was able to pull on the strength that he had cultivated for the rest of those loops and that was really crucial in getting me through that 10th.
1: Yeah, even though I didn't like suffering so early, I felt that the, you know, I really got to know the format. You know, even if I, if I was going to do one of these again and I came in hopefully much more fit and able to execute longer, I got to know what it's like to just pull that one more loop. Yeah. Because it's it's always just like, all you got to do is one more. Like you're sitting there, like you, you've just used everything you can to get to the finish line. Maybe not everything. You still save you save a bunch of reserve, but like you're you're trying to run efficiently. You get to the yeah. finish line, you grab some food, you refill a water bottle. Maybe you sit down for 2 minutes. Yeah. You just look at your wife and you just be like we got to do one more.
0: <laughs> and the, there was no way you could not run with this course. Like you had to run most of it in order to make it in the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you, it, the course dictated where you could run because you had plenty of uphills that at some level everyone was walking.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: So how did you like the format? Uh,
0: So I, I loved it. I loved it for something new, something different. Um, I thought it was really well put on, as we mentioned. I loved the race directors. Shout out to them. Did a great job. Yeah,
1: that's Running Wild in Estes Park. Yeah. They had all sorts of Midwest influences. Yeah. They served walking tacos, which were very interesting. Apparently, this is like <laughs> you take a bag of Cheetos and you put
0: or Doritos
1: and you put like um,
0: taco meat and salsa and cheese. I don't think in it was there. taco meat.
1: I, th- I thought it was like um, Sloppy Joe meat.
0: And it's taco meat.
1: All right. And then you crunch it up and you eat it with like a spoon. Yeah. Out of out of the aluminum bag. Yeah. And if I never have one again, I'll be lucky.
0: <laughs> they also had like these these local made delicious waffles. Oh, those, those were, were del- so good.
1: Those were good. They had Big speakers, playing a great playlist. Yeah. It was a really good vibe.
0: They were greeting you every time you came in. I got a fist bump almost every time. Good job.
1: You're doing so great. The race director was was out there. He changed his outfit every loop. Something (sighs) changed. Crazy. So many different outfits.
0: (laughs) All those little touches made it a really great community event. I really had a good time. And the uh, loopness of it. It actually didn't get to me as soon as I thought it would. Would Like in my head, I thought that would be something that would bother me really early on. And there was a lot of that that I enjoyed. I enjoyed starting with a lot of people, the chatting. You you sort of fall in line with certain people. You actually notice that you end up passing certain people at the exact same spot in a multiple loop. Oh,
1: yeah. There was this couple <laughs> who always went out in the front and we passed them at the same spot like four loops in a row
0: yeah and so those things are kind of fun I actually thought that was a lot of fun to have that piece and I but I'm not gonna lie when I was getting close to my 10th loop in those in those like early 30s upper 30s the monotony was wearing on me of like just looping looping what about you what was your experience what do you think of the format
1: Yeah, because I was suffering more, Ah. I had a slightly different experience where I definitely hit the point where the loops were too much. Are you going to let him out?
0: Yeah, I'm going to let this dog out. He's been begging to go out and I feel like I should.
1: All right, let the dog out. He's always
0: interrupting our podcast.
1: (laughs) He's quietly interrupting our podcast by staring at us. All right, so the looped nature, does he even want to go outside? And well, there's no sun. All right, well, you guys are listening to us try and take care of our dog. <laughs> he stood at the door, and then when we opened the door, he didn't want to go outside because there was no sunshine Poor summit. <laughs> All right, back to the topic at yes. the end. I, you know, I was, it was, I had the first couple loops, I'm learning the loops, and then I just like, that is what I run. Like there's no choice of like do I wanna run something else? Do I wanna run Right. It's just the just you run it. And because I was suffering so early, I sort of like shut down a lot of my brain. Which is kinda of what happens when you get past the point where your body is actually like reasonably capable of going like sort of those last six miles of a marathon many people might understand it's like oh you're like you're not really thinking a lot you're just moving right and so I got into that phase pretty early and I would say the majority of this race I was in that phase and so I would find myself just like suddenly I would like come into consciousness and I would realize oh I'm at this point in the loop and I'm on, I think I'm on loop six or seven or something. And it's like, oh, that's good. I guess I'll just keep going. And like, I just, I basically was hanging on for dear life for, I would say, half of the race, the second half of my race. And it was, there's no contemplation. I, I just, I had a goal and I was going to make that goal. And I guess it's pretty similar to my recap of Ring the Springs where I thought, there was this inevitability of it. Yeah. Of like, I'm going to keep running until I reach the the spot where I said I could quit and I'm not going to quit early. I did have some doubts as to whether I would be able to make it because those times were increasing. But I was like, oh, I think I can do it. So, you know, I would get in at 50, we got in at 57 minutes and loops nine. And I was just like, all right,
0: grab our water, Gra- grab go. Our water,
1: <laughs> get back in the star corral. Cause that's all we're doing. There's no question. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it, of you really get into that, that ultra zone of just yeah. like, we just keep going. That's all we do. Yeah. We just run. So I enjoyed that aspect. <laughs> what about, um, so we talked about race management. We talked about format um, birthday miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else to cover?
0: Um, I think I we covered it except for I just want to publicly thank you for helping me get to yet another running goal of mine.
1: Yeah, this was your first birthday miles. Yeah,
0: this is my first birthday miles. My other running goal that John helped me get to was my first fifty miler. And so
1: your is, two longest runs ever have right. been with me.
0: <laughs> yes, um, and I. Don't think I could have done either without you. And so I'm just really grateful for uh, you letting me borrow your mental toughness.
1: Well, I appreciate every time you support me. So I'm really happy to be out there supporting you. I think it's a wonderful experience that we can share.
0: Yeah. And even though we had such different experiences for the vast majority of the race, it was uh, really beautiful to end the race suffering together.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. we We were in it. For sure. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It was super fun. Um, I've done birthday miles once before. I did it on my 34th birthday. I ran the double skyline. The true double skyline where you actually double up the middle peak. Ah. And that's 34. But, um, yeah, it's pretty special. I'm super glad I was there with you.
0: Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break.
1: Yeah, we're going to take a quick break, come back with our second topic on mental health and altitude. altitude. See you then.
0: All right, we're back, and we're going to be chatting about um, an article in Trailrunner Magazine, and it's titled, Exploring the Connection Between Mental Health and High Altitude by Megan Flanagan.
1: Okay, first off the bat, you see this pop up on Instagram. What do you think (laughs) they're going to say?
0: Um, I would have thought that they would be talking about the positive effects of altitude, uh, training on the mental health of an athlete.
1: And I mean, I think that is because we generally think, especially in our communities, that these high altitude, beautiful places are paradise. Right. I often say like, it's another day in paradise here in Boulder and we're not even that high altitude. We're like medium altitude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get into the, what is the article's thesis?
0: So a bunch of studies have recently popped up about the negative impact of moving from low altitude to high altitude on um, athletes in particular and their mental health. Um, the article is really well done in my opinion and caveats each study with this is a low sample size or there might be other implications here. So I just want to say that as we go through this conversation, I think the article does a really good job of making sure they give a lot of caveats.
1: Yeah, it's not like the last trail run yeah, article. Yeah,
0: the last one we talked about.
1: Where it was like, oh, there's only 12 people in this study. Yeah. Um, I should say that the studies they linked in this uh-huh. article are all not about athletes, right? They're uh-huh. about general population. So that is like a huge caveat. But there seems to be some link from the studies at hand yep. of altitude and negative aspects of mental health, uh, including right. depression and suicide rates. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the Rocky Mountain states in America have the highest suicide rate, some of the highest suicide rates in the nation, which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy. Didn't know yeah. that. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that either. I would think Seattle. <laughs>
1: Miranda doesn't like rainy weather.
0: (laughs) Um, And I do think one aspect of the article that they also did really well is they talked about how there could be other factors contributing to this, um, like the isolation of moving to small mountain towns, because most mountain towns in the Rocky Mountains are smaller, and there might be some form of isolation.
1: Yeah, I mean... There are some really beautiful places up in the mountains. Uh, let's just say Colorado, because we're in Colorado. We have the most experience with Colorado. Yeah. And But they are small. Mm-hmm. And the running community is going to be tiny. Yeah. I mean, even in the Arkansas River Valley, which hosts Buena Vista, Salida, and Leadville, you have a ton of runners. But they're disparate. They're separated by long distances. And they may only get together once a week for a run club Mm -hmm. most of those training runs unless you're contacting a friend are going to be a solo or with a partner so it can be it's not like here in boulder where like you can't really shake a stick at a trail that doesn't have 10 runners on it or 10 running groups you know like the front range is just so thick and full of runners that you really don't get isolation on the trails unless you go to the mountains, right? Right. And so these runners that may live in these high-altitude mountain towns, they will be experiencing isolation, which can be good, but too much of it can be dangerous.
0: Right. And then the next piece, and this is an interesting one that I did not know about, is they cited articles how um, altitude can impact your sleep.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize this. I don't think I've ever had too much trouble sleeping although I haven't done have never lived at these higher say over 8,000 feet altitude yeah. but I met this guy Mitch at High Lonesome no 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 I met him at the the Sawatch 50ks not High Lonesome mm. and he recently moved to Leadville and he has so much trouble sleeping in Leadville he actually yeah. felt way better sleeping in Buena Vista which is only 8,000 feet whereas Leadville is 10,000 feet and he felt that there was a significant different significant difference in his sleep patterns um, from those two altitudes,
0: right? And not and as we know, not enough sleep that's going to impact your health and well being, uh, physical, mental, everything.
1: Just ask any new parent.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it's right. a huge risk factor. Mm-hmm. And I never, I mean, I mean this whole this whole article, I never really thought of the. Mountains as being a place where you have to watch your mental health. I mean, I totally yeah. Am on this side where you were coming from, where it's like I think that yeah, the mountains are all are purely good for your mental health. They have they yeah. help bring you back to nature.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, as our listeners know, I moved from sea level, San Diego, to Boulder, Colorado, and so I was coming in with my own bias, which was my mental health and overall health and well-being has gotten much better since moving to the mountains. I'm able to be in nature every day. I run gorgeous trails. I mean, we drive up to our home and look at the flat irons in the background and just feel so much gratitude for the place that we live. That I was coming in with my own bias about what the article would be about.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that it challenged that bias without being sensationalist.
0: Yeah, Really well, like, yeah, I can't even state enough how well done this article was.
1: We'll put a link to the article in the show
0: notes. (laughs) Yeah, since I'm I'm going on about it. Um, And then I do think that it ended really well as well. What did you feel about the ending?
1: Well, I mean, it just elucidated the gaps in the research and talked about how, like, strategies to maintain your mental health. Yes,
0: which I really liked. It said... It was ending with basically like, don't not move to altitude just because of these studies we're talking about. But he, if you do, here are some tips yeah. to help manage your mental health.
1: Let's talk about them one at a time. Okay. So like, the first one is seek out connection.
0: Yes.
1: I mean, I think we both agree the co- and that COVID exacerbated like isolation is a killer. Yes. It is very... Not
0: good for humans.
1: Even if you're a big introvert.
0: Yep. I would say almost especially if you're a big introvert because you don't think you need to seek out those human connections in the same or way. Or those
1: connections are draining to you.
0: Yeah. So it's, it gets harder if you're an introvert.
1: Yeah. I, I, my life has certainly been better since I've seeked out connection. You know, I spent most of my 20s reasonably isolated. And I was never happy. Yeah. And, you know, I found running and I found connection with other people kind of around the same time, so it's hard to separate those two. But I'm far happier with community. I think you know that community is something I value very much. Mm-hmm. And having a group of people that, like, I don't know, that like kind of know you and you yeah. know them and they care about you and you care about them. Like it's, it's really rewarding and it helps keep when things are bad in the rest of my life, you know, I force myself to go to an HHR. That's our Thursday happy hour run. Yeah. And it never makes it worse. Yeah. Always makes it better to just be around people. Even though I'm an introvert and sometimes I want to deal with it on my own. I always feel better getting some connection, especially on the trails. Yep. All right. Number two is take care of yourself as an athlete and a person. So essentially this means like, yes, you can focus on your training as much as you want, Uh but like remember that you have to be in good mental health to be a good athlete. Like you have to take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, you have to feed yourself well. You have to take care of other, nurture other hobbies.
1: Like maintain a sustainable exercise regimen. <laughs> so overdo it all the time.
0: Remember you need relationships. Yeah.
1: Go to therapy.
0: Yep, yep.
1: I mean, I think that this came into play in my Barclay cycle just with trying to make sure I had the mental desire to compete after all that training. Yeah. And all that wearing, you know, I had to remember, okay, my mental health is a strong component of how well I'll do at this race.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not. So I have to maintain that. Yeah. So that's work stress, life stress, dog wanting to go outside stress. <laughs> you got to maintain everything. Yes. All right, number three, maintain a growth mindset, positive self-talk, and meaning outside of running.
0: Ooh, I like this one. Um, I really appreciate people um, who are working to be better
1: versions of themselves. This is a growth mindset? Yes. So what does that mean to you?
0: That means to me that that, um, they don't believe they've reached their potential in either athletic endeavors, personal endeavors, mental, emotional health. They're working to be better versions of themselves.
1: I think it's a really healthy way to be. Yeah. Accepting that, accepting where you are and looking to build is way healthier than hating where you are and expecting you to be better, you know? Mm -hmm. At some level, you... I like the journey of working
0: mm-hmm. to be And it's never done.
1: A better person.
0: That's what a growth mindset is. It's never done. This is part of
1: a better podcaster.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a
1: better runner, a better friend. Yeah. A better dog dad. Cause there's a lot of parts of my life that I you know wanna be better at. I think mm-hmm. it's a great mindset to be in. Because you have you have acceptance for where you are, and but that still allows you to seek out something different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And meaning outside of running, this is an interesting part of this third bullet here. So, what do you mean meaning? What what, what do they mean by meaning outside of running?
0: Um, healthy mean. relationships. Other hobbies. Are are we talking about
1: life meaning?
0: Yeah, like maybe you volunteer, do service work. That's often when we talk about bringing meaning to your life. It's it's being in service to your community or to other individuals.
1: What is the danger of sport being the only fulfilling meaning of your life?
0: I'm gonna reframe that a little bit and say that I think there's a danger in having any one thing be, give your life, your entire life meaning. I think diversifying what gives you your life meaning and makes you feel significant in this world is a healthy, more sustainable way of being um, because identities can shift quite rapidly. As we know, being an athlete, that can shift quite rapidly to being an injured athlete.
1: Like one day you're an ultra runner and the next day you're an injured runner. But
0: that can happen with (laughs) anything. I mean, (laughs) I experienced that when I was a grad student. Yeah. And I was intensely involved in on-campus activities. I was known by everyone on campus. I volunteered at everything. I hosted events on campus. I was so involved, and suddenly I graduated. And in one day, I lost all meaning and purpose. I lost my entire community, and it was a big identity shift for me because I had that all of my meaning wrapped up in that one experience. And so I think it's problematic if you wrap up your identity in any one thing.
1: Yeah. There's always a danger of losing it. Yeah. I think it makes you, I think having meaning in multiple areas of your life, or at least enjoyment out of multiple areas of your life, makes you more unique. And yeah. I, I tend to find unique people interesting uh, and yeah. non unique people less interesting.
0: I love people with a good passion. And if they have it in multiple areas of their life, that just is super infectious.
1: Yeah it's this is pretty cool like to just like who you are is defined by this set of interests you have mm-hmm. and i think broadening that makes you more interesting and gives you something to go to when say you spend 4 months on the couch cuz you can't <laughs> run uh
0: yeah, you can tap into I your mean, other passions.
1: I guess I, looking towards my last four months, like I, I drew a lot of enjoyment out of some video games, which I hadn't spent mm-hmm. too much time with, excepting that two-week Elden Ring binge um, <laughs> in the past couple of years. And then being able to volunteer with High Lonesome and the Sawatch 50Ks, uh, even though it's something that I like doing every year. like It was especially important this year when I didn't have access to my feet to bring me my standard level of enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, so I was able to derive meaning. And in this podcast, we were able to dive in and, you know, have good guests and do fun interviews. So having all these different things has helped me get through a difficult period. And now I can look to have that growth mindset and come out of it. I yeah. think it'd be very easy to like be super depressed about not being able to run and just, spin down a funnel into a hole but i was able to not prevent going into the hole i I won't say that i didn't have some spinning down the funnel of depression a little (laughs) bit um but i think that's healthy to rue something that you miss but by having some meaning outside of running by having a growth mindset Mm -hmm. you can get through those hard hard times yeah because when they're when times are good, they're good. Like it's amazing. Yeah. When times are bad, they can be really bad. Yeah, that's ultra. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up our discussion on high altitude and mental health. Yeah,
0: great. Yeah,
1: these have been very good. That Isn't was
0: a yeah. That was a good discussion, and um, definitely check out that article. It's worth a read.
1: Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, so this has been a little short little race recap episode. I want to give a big congratulations to Miranda Marie Williamson for completing her birthday miles. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you.
1: And now we got to go take this dog on a walk. He's being kind of annoying. <laughs>
0: yeah. Bye, all.
1: Bye-bye.